It's madness. The greatest time of year is here, and there's no better place to track your bracket than at Paradise Falls. Paradise Falls has 30 big screen TVs for you to catch the entire NCAA tournament, and Paradise Falls has a variety of March specials, too. From crispy rib bites for $11.95 to halibut bites and fries for $12.95 to a delicious steak sandwich for $13.95, plus 18 draft beers to pick from. Paradise Falls is your spot to take in all the madness. Well, welcome in to the ESPN Roundtable and happy to be joined this week by the head coach of the University of Montana men's basketball team, Travis DeCure. Coach DeCure, you came all the way across town and you're in studio. Thanks for being here. How are you? Oh, great. Thanks for having me. Well, we're certainly happy to have you in here and uh, it's been an interesting and a very fun season for Grizz fans watching, uh, watching your basketball team play. There was... I think a lot of question marks for a lot of people, maybe even for yourself, coming into this season with the class that graduated. And once again, 15 games in, three-quarters of the way through the regular schedule, 12-3, and a game and a half up on the field, and they won five in a row now. What has maybe surprised you pleasantly the most about your team this year, if anything? Um, The response to challenges. There have been a lot of individual challenges throughout the season. Um, Probably had more one-on-one meetings with this group than any team we've had, and and it, and it, none of it was like attitude adjustments or any of that type of stuff. Some of it was role refinement, but most of it was um, just you know watching film, describing what we need from guys individually, seeing what they're doing right, seeing what they're doing wrong. Um, it, it took us a long time to mold this team together. I was telling Ryan in the non-conference that watching you guys early. It, it, it was it was trying because you guys there was not a lot of flow and I think that everybody that was involved whether it was you as coaches or the players you could tell and I think that part of that just comes with chemistry learning how to play with each other and real you know, role definition all the things that go into just the making of a roster and I was just so interested to see what was going to happen with this team because it seemed like the last month of the non-conference just an uphill battle the whole way. You had the loss to Montana Tech. That game against Omaha seemed like it was kind of just rock bottom in terms of shooting. But then you guys burst out to a 3-1 conference start. All of a sudden, you're 7-1 in league play. And to watch it turn and click like it did, very impressive. In your mind, though, what changed the most? Um, I just think we got further along into the season. <clears throat> we got closer to um, being confident in, in who we were individually and collectively in playing our role. Um, but also we got our defense and our offense completely in, which allowed us to spend more time on skill development, shooting, um, and just playing. You know, we weren't playing very much in practice the first two months. It was a lot of breakdown, a lot of situations, um, which meant there's no flow in practice, and if there's no flow in practice, there's no flow in the game. When you talk about skill development <clears throat> in the in the the context of practice, I mean, people, I think, hear that and they think, well, what do we dribble one around cones? We take it in more free throws? What does that mean? Because there's so many different ways to develop skills, particularly it's one thing to be skillful in a gym and it's another thing to be skillful in a game, right? Yeah, and, and it's all it's different for each guy. Um, you know, there's some guys that need certain shots, and, and once you've finalized where guys are in the offense – now when we do shooting, they get more game shots as opposed to, you know, they might shoot three or four shots in practice now as opposed to 15 or 20 different scenarios. 
um, so they're getting more reps of the actual shots that they're going to take in the game. Um, it's also some of just playing and getting a feel for it. And, you know, there's a few guys in our program that do a good job of shooting on their own, and there's some that don't. And when you start to practice shorter uh, and you have more time for the skill stuff, guys are getting up more shots daily because we're shooting more in practice. Um, but you can't do that in November and December. It's just hard to do unless you return a veteran team like we have in the past. One of my favorite parts about basketball broadly is just the delicacy of the chemistry of a team, the artistry that goes with developing that. And sometimes it is such an intangible element. Sometimes you don't even really know how to develop it. It just it has to just form on its own. But in your mind, how does something like that grow? Because it is such it's probably the most essential element of basketball. Yeah, you know, the biggest thing for us, I think, is trust. You know, that's been mm-hmm. a common word for us here lately is seniors got to trust the freshmen. Freshmen got to trust the seniors. And then everyone in between has got to trust everyone. And that's hard. When you've got three guys that have been leaders of their team the last couple of years, go-to guys, they're very confident in who they are and they try to make plays. But you've got a couple of seniors that they've been waiting their turn and, you know, they feel like it's their team, it's their turn. And it's tough on the chemistry early. And like I say, when we start meeting and watching film and discuss decision-making and, you know, we've used the term good to great, um, you know, you pass up an okay shot for a great shot. And that might mean the best shooter might not shoot it. Uh, when you get to that point, then you become a good offensive team. And typically when you have good flow offensively, you put less pressure on your defense and transition and turnovers and things like that. <clears throat> so once again, your mind – your approach, your togetherness always has an effect on both sides of the ball. When you talk about in in terms of the team makeup, sometimes the assumption is that when freshmen come in, they got to be brought along, they got to be taught, certainly they do. But also, is there an element at which, because they're sort of moldable into this new program, they can fit sometimes easier than more veteran guys who then are established. And then when you put those together, it can be, I don't know, like the teeth on a zipper. I mean, kind of coming together if it goes right. Do you see that? Definitely. Um, and that's why it's important is to recruit from programs, not just basketball teams. There's, there's a lot of guys out there that people recruit that put up numbers. They're good players, <clears throat> but they don't win. They don't come from programs that have won. They're not being coached. The ball's just rolled out. Those guys, it takes a lot longer um, to to get on one page, on the same page as, as the group, um, which is a big part of transferring, and, and it's played a role in transferring here. Um, and so our freshmen all came from environments where they were coached, there was a level of expectation of how you play, and it wasn't always about just them individually, and it's made it a lot easier to mold them with our group. Have you ever searched for your team on television and they're nowhere to be found? Paradise Falls has you covered. Paradise Falls has 30 TVs with ESPN3, giving them the capability to broadcast every single game you can imagine. Paradise Falls has 18 draft beers, a brand new menu, and a variety of delicious food to choose from. Paradise Falls opens 7 a.m. until midnight and located at 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. No matter who you follow, FBS or FCS, any team, anywhere, you can watch in Paradise at Paradise Falls. A lot of times at this level, though, when you get big-time recruits, that you know you beat some schools for their three-star guys, they come to the level like the big sky because they think they're going to be stars right away. And it doesn't seem like these guys have. I know that you've gone through some stuff with maybe 
reminding them of that. But it seems by and large that Josh Vasquez, Derek Carter Hollinger, and Kyle Owens have bought in pretty well to to not being the dudes. No question. Um, and there have been moments, you know, there's a guy here that you, you might bring in and say, we need more out of you. And there's another guy that, hey, you know, what's up? You know, you, you, you're not the same guy you were last week. Or you have to have these conversations that remind them um, what, what the long run looks like, remind them that every game isn't going to be like last game. Um, and, and for freshmen, that's the hardest part. You, you jump up and have 19 points. You think, oh, I can do this every night now. Well, the reality is you, those same shots might not be available. Uh, maybe the way they were defending us left something out there for you that might not exist in the next game. Maybe you've moved up on the scouting report. Travis Secure joining us, the head coach of the University of Montana men's basketball team. They're 12-3 and three at Montana State. Cat Grizz round two uh, this season, uh, Saturday evening. Saeed Pridget, I believe, led this team in scoring last season on a stacked team. So we've seen, We know what he can do on this floor. His development in terms of his ability to play basically every position, both ends, has been truly remarkable. But I think, speak for Coulter as well here, his leadership quality that he has brought to this team has been something that we didn't know exactly what that was going to look like for him. And it has been as, I mean, as obvious to us as anybody that we've seen. Did you know that, 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 that you were going to get that from him this season? Yeah, he, he, he's different than any leader I've had, um, you know, and, and I think one of the reasons I respect his approach so much is it's fairly similar to what mine was in terms of the competitiveness. And and so he, he leads a lot by example, but also when he's vocal, his expectations on his teammates is vocalized. And you've got to have thick skin to play with Saeed. Um and so there, there's a lot of times where, you know, his emotions are on his sleeve and, he, you know, jump on my back when I'm playing well and when I'm not, pick me up. Um, and he has no problem vocalizing that. But I think that his guys know what he wants for the group and because they understand that it's not just about him, they follow. And um, it, it's, it's been fun to watch. But he showed signs of that last year when Jamar went out. Um, the guys were kind of looking around, and, you know, there were some people that were comfortable in the roles that they had, but they weren't ready for their role to change. And he was the one guy that I thought was ready for his role to change because once, like I said earlier today, is that he, he was further along than maybe his opportunity was available to him. And so, you know, we had to sit down with the team and say, hey, he's the guy, and we're going to have to be okay with that if we're going to keep winning and so his leadership of this program started probably last year in February. I thought there was a great moment after the last rivalry game where uh, I think Ryan asked Saeed a question about the way that he, he was making adjustments offensively against the Cats zone, and, and then when they switched their defense in the second half when he took over against the one-on-one coverage, especially when they were guarding him with a freshman, and he said, you know, hey, I kind of just take what they give me, but sometimes I demand the ball. And Coach and I kind of talked about it, and he said, yeah, that's kind of what you said. But I think that you you mentioned it. I mean, you guys are similar personalities. You're a very demanding guy. You, you demand the best out of everybody. Even even us, you're always demanding everybody. But it seems like Saeed reacts to that maybe more than any player you, you might have even had. So how much of that has just accentuated the way he's been able to blossom this year? No, he and I had this conversation when he was a freshman that I came to the conclusion there's a certain way to communicate with him to get the most out of him. And, and we agreed that that's what our communication would be like for the rest of his career here. And um, it, it's been very positive. 
Um, and so there are moments during the game where he's, you know, he's voicing a thought, and it's not necessarily calm, cool, and collectively the way he vocalizes it. And if you're not prepared for that, then it could go the other direction. But he, he means well. He wants to win. Um, he's, you know, he's trying to solve it right now. And one of the things I think that separates him from most other scorers is the game is slow, and he can slow it to his pace, and he sees bodies moving. And so most guys are reluctant to pass. They, they're they going to shoot into double teams and triple teams, and he'll do that from time to time. That's what scorers do. But he's pretty good at manipulating that second, third defender and finding open guys, which makes it very difficult to shut him down. And that's why he scores in spurts, because when they stop coming – that's when it gets aggressive. We cover this league since 2006, and there's been a whole bunch of guys that have had great careers, that have had great senior years. But so often when you're a guy who breaks on the scene before your senior year, then by the time you get to your senior year, the spotlight's so bright. You have so much pressure on you. And you see it around the league right now, even with guys like Jared Harding chasing the all-time scoring lead. He's got it at Weber. He's chasing the all-time scoring record at uh, in the Big Sky Conference. You know, a guy like Harold Frey. He's been a huge contributor at Montana State for several years. Trayvon Allen at Idaho. But these guys now, they're in their seniors. They're having good years. They are. But they're focused on so much attention. They have a lot of pressure on them. Are they actually playing their absolute best basketball in terms of just the free play and, and with confidence in the flow of the game? That's what's been so pleasant to watch Saeed is he's truly letting the game come to him and taking over at the same time. It's been a while since we've seen a dude actually in his senior year go out with this sort of a crescendo. How's he been able to do it? I mean, what's this like to watch for you? Um, I, I think he's done a good job of balancing the pressure and, and, and keeping his focus on the things that matter. I think he's so focused on winning that the ind- the individual accolades aren't overshadowing his thought process on a daily basis. And then that's been a problem for most guys. Those guys you named, I don't know that they're going through that, but it's common. And when you look at the stat sheet, it looks like it when you've got a guy that's shooting 30-something percent from the floor, um, you know, typically that, that, that doesn't lead to a lot of wins percentage-wise. Um, you know, sometimes that's because he's got to do a lot and it makes it difficult. I think Saeed's got to do a lot and somehow he still shoots for percentage. He's still, I think right now, top five in every category that matters. Um, and that's balance and playing the right way. And sometimes you've got to help, help to do that. But I, I think that, you know, the pieces fit that around him. Um, you know, early in the year, we weren't making those shots when he was making those passes. And so he stopped making those passes. And there was a point in time where we told him, stop passing. <laughs> you, know, just, you can take 20 shots anytime you want. If you can get yeah. 20 shots off, you can have 20 shots. And eventually we got better around him. We got more consistent. Conversation changed. Okay, well, we don't need you to take 20 shots anymore. I think we, we, we're there now. Well, and – you know, those guys you mentioned, too, they're the show uh, on their teams, basically. Right. Whereas your team, Travis, I mean, the, the the level of talent that's there, whether it's young, whether it's veteran, is is pretty high all the way around. I want to talk about Kendall Manuel for a moment, though, because he's a guy who in his college career, whether it's Oregon State or here, you know, going into this season has been get your shot, get your spot. You're going to get set up, and you just knock it down. He's had to do a lot more driving, get to the bucket. I mean, my God, he threw down a, a dunk. Did you see that? He dunked the basketball. I mean, shocking. <laughs> I, wrote a, I wrote a story about it last night. I posted it this morning, and it was because that was his thousandth career point. Right. I thought it was 
ironic that the guy who's made more jump shots than maybe anybody in the whole league, right. I think he's made 140 field goals this year. Every I think time. two of them have been dunks. Everything else has been a 15 to 25 footer. But I mean, it was a great moment. But I mean, he he has. It seems like he's. His offensive evolution has been a necessity for this team in terms of what he's done. And it seemed like he wasn't entirely comfortable with that early and has become much more comfortable with that now. Again, I say trust. And he worked as hard as anyone in our program. I don't know if anyone worked as hard as him Hmm. in in terms of the time he spent in the weight room, what he was doing um, before our workouts and after our workouts. And so he put, he invested in being successful and he wanted to be successful, and he wanted to win. And early in the year, I think that he put a lot of pressure on himself, and he had some other stuff going on um, that were distracting him, unfortunately, um, the the adversities that we go through in life. And I think at a young age, it, it was a bit much for him. And once the smoke cleared on that, I thought I think his, his mind cleared on the court. But at the same time, um, maybe he was trying to do a little too much um, as was Saeed and as were the freshmen. And you saw it offensively for us. There was no flow. The ball wasn't moving. It was sticky. Um, once he be, he started to trust that the ball will actually come to him, he started to turn down okay shots and start getting better shots. And then that's when his percentages started to make sense. It's a new year, and that means basketball season is in full swing. From Big Monday to Super Tuesday to the Montana women's and men's basketball teams, Paradise Falls is your hoops headquarters. Paradise Falls has 30 TVs with ESPN3 and Pluto TV capabilities, meaning they can broadcast every single college basketball game you can think of. Paradise Falls also has 18 draft beers, including six rotating taps, plus a variety of delicious food. Paradise Falls open 7 a.m. till midnight, located at 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. When it comes to college hoops, any team, anywhere, you can watch in Paradise at Paradise Falls. Stu Telling Wallace, on the Tonight ESPN Radio. Travis DeCure in studio with us, the ESPN Roundtable. I want to ask you about you a little bit. You start, when you take over for Wayne Tinkle, you have a good program that you're inheriting. Also, I know that you wanted to mold it into the style of basketball and the player that your vision was, and that took some time to do, and you did that. And you were successful the whole way through, and now we know you know what's happened the last couple of years. But also the that class is you know going to remain one of the all timers in the history of the program. And so now feels like you're in sort of a third iteration of you as the head coach of this program and this team. You've answered the bell every time that you since you've been here. What has it been like for you to to move through last year into this season with three freshmen and now a, a really new mold again? It's been phenomenal. Um, <clears throat> for me, um, you know, I have these moments when my day starts in the morning. Um, I have these moments late night watching film, um, skimming through standings and stats nationally um, that – I evaluate myself. I, I I reset individual goals for, you know, whatever the moments might be. And it's not always wins and losses. And some of it might be recruiting. Some of it might be an individual player on the team of what I want to get out of them. Um, and so through those things, I have opportunities to reset. And, and when that group graduated last year, that was a major reset. And, you know, my goal was to not have slippage. Um and that's very difficult to do, especially when you have a group of so many seniors to not dip. 
Um, and I thought that there's still room for growth for this, for our group, for our program in terms of where we are. And um, I think we're headed in the right direction. I think we're set up to continue with that, with the young group that we have on the floor, the young group coming in. Um, and so it's been exciting. And, and that's really what basketball is about or any athletics for a head coach is to keep moving um, and not necessarily moving the bar because I don't know that you always, I don't know that you can win 52 games in two seasons again. But what I can do is create a goal for a group and try to achieve it. And um, that that's the funnest part about this. This team, we talk about this, the state of college basketball. I stayed up late last night reading stories on The Athletic. One of the stories I read was about Memphis and Penny Hardaway and what's going on there. And you know, Penny Hardaway comes in and he signs the number one recruit in the country. He signs the number one recruiting class in the country. He gets up there at his press conference. He's ultimately confident. He says, we want all the smoke. Bring it on. We're Memphis. We're going to take it. And this year has been incredibly volatile for them, and they might not make the NCAA tournament. You know, number one guy, Wiseman, he leaves. But that's just – it's all over the place. And I mean, w- there was a point in time – I don't know what the statistic is this year, but as of uh, two years ago – I think something like 47% of Division One players were applying for transfers or at least exploring the opportunity of transferring. And it seems like kids these days, just societally, are never satisfied. And the, the balance of a team is just so tough. But to have not just one senior like Syed Pritchett, but three seniors that are really embracing the moment and, and really embracing their, their time to go out on top together, prioritizing winning together, to have three-star freshmen come in and buy into roles. It seems like it's completely atypical for college basketball. How proud does that make you? Um, extremely, because when you look at the seniors, um, they have three different stories that are a lot to be proud of. And, and great and, stories. I mean, what and, good stories, right? You can make an argument for each one of them. Say, man, I want this more for him. I want this more for him. I want, you know, He deserves this more because of this. And I mean, they, they have phenomenal stories about why they're here right now and how they got here. Um and to me, they're they're all success stories, you know. And and so there's a lot of times where, as a staff, we're talking about these guys individually, and it's like, man, it'd be nice to finish this off for him. Um, and you know, I, I thought we had that with the group last year too. I, I thought, you know, there were some guys that were so invested in this program that we had to win. And I don't know that I feel like we have to win a championship this year, but I know that where this group is headed right now and the way they're playing right now, it's been a fun ride, and probably I've been as emotional about this group as any. Don't enter the madness without the knowledge you need. When it comes to filling out NCAA tournament brackets, you can rely on luck, or you can get yourself ready to win the Tutel and Nuwana's Bracket Challenge by watching the stretch run of the regular season and every conference tournament at Paradise Falls. Come down to Paradise Falls to watch every college basketball game you need to prepare for the tournament, and be sure to enter the Tutel and Nuwana's Bracket Challenge with your chance to win $400 in free food and drinks from Paradise Falls. Leap into March Madness in Paradise at Paradise Falls. When it comes to the championship, uh, I mean, it's easy to remember two years ago, you had no business getting out of the semifinal. That's <laughs> the most ridiculous tournament I mean, I've ever watched. It, it, but, I mean, what's what, what the kid from North Dakota, even in those quarterfinals, the kid from North Dakota yeah, hit right, like eight right. three-pointers in the first half? I mean, there's there's all of it. We know, you know, down at half in both championship games, let's see, all, all that. The tournament is a tournament. It's it's a separate animal. But you went in with great expectations I'm sure internally and certainly externally into those tournaments. 
coming into this season, there wasn't nearly the expectations, but they have built. And I know that you want and thrive on a program that is the lead dog and that people are coming after, and it once again is that. It's Montana number one and everybody else after that. When you get to the tournament, I know it's a quarter of the season away still. Is that, for this team, a good thing to have that or or not? We have to own it, and they, they have no choice. And so that's why that comes up in recruiting, so that when you when you show up in Missoula, you know it, it, it's us against everybody. It just is what it is. And, you know, I, I think a lot of it's unconscious when you, you talk about the exterior, you know, the people that aren't a part of our program, but their approach to Big Sky basketball, Big Sky football is the same thing for Bobby. And you, it, you just have a group that looks at the, tra- the tradition – of Montana, and no one wants to be a part of helping Montana win. If Montana gets it done, they got to earn it, and that makes it more difficult. The The internal workings of an athletic department are fascinating to me. I think that there is a lot of symbiotic relationships that happen that maybe people don't acknowledge as much, but you mentioned Coach Elk. Having him back in the fold, having a, a guy that's kind of like-minded, it's his alma mater as well. He knows the dominance that Montana has experienced in football, does that help you guys as a program? Yeah, I, I think it's healthy to have another guy walk in the halls um, that, you know, is is has won some championships. Um, you know, when I first got here, it was Robin. Absolutely. And so when, when he retired, you know, it, I, I felt like, you know, I was assuming a leadership role um, in a very early stage of my career. So <clears throat> to have Bobby back, has been healthy because now he's a leader, really. And so I get a chance to follow a little bit um, in, in some circumstances here and there and bounce some things off of a guy um, as decisions are made about external dis- things. Um, and, and that's been healthy for me and my program. So we, we, we definitely have welcomed him back with warm arms. You got one game uh, this week. It happens to be in Bozeman on Saturday night. It's always fun. This is a rivalry that uh, in your tenure has gone your way almost all the time. When it comes to this game with three Montanans playing in it, uh, for your team and multiples for for them as well, just, again, I mean, I know you've answered this a hundred times, how fun is just Cat Grizz environment, the whole whole setting of it? It's big. It's it's the game you know. Um, The crowd is going to be packed. It'll be sold out, and it's going to be emotional for everyone on the floor. Um, having three guys from Montana in rotation makes it more fun, makes it more special because that's difficult to do. And it's just going to be difficult to continue to put that many Montana kids on the floor and play at the level that we're playing. And special things have to happen. One transfers back from the Pac-12, <clears throat> one leaves and comes back as a, you know an NAI All-American. Um, and so to be able to put those guys on the floor and watch them enjoy the moment is huge. And I'd like to see Jared play a little more than he did last time. <laughs> no doubt. If he can, I'm, I'm sure he will. Travis, we appreciate you coming in as always, man. It's always fun to have you here. We appreciate it very much. Thanks for having me.
Don't enter the madness without the knowledge you need. When it comes to filling out NCAA tournament brackets, you can rely on luck or you can get yourself ready to win the Tutel and Nuwana's Bracket Challenge by watching the stretch run of the regular season and every conference tournament at Paradise Falls. Come down to Paradise Falls to watch every college basketball game you need to prepare for the tournament and be sure to enter the Tutel and Nuwana's Bracket Challenge with your chance to win $400 in free food and drinks from Paradise Falls. Leap into March Madness in Paradise at Paradise Falls.